This is From the Commissioner's Desk. What's up, league members of Hillside Uncensored Fantasy Football today? It's Thursday, September 22nd. We're about to start week three of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, Crazy weekend, fantasy football-wide. Kurds, five points away from dropping 200 in a 12-team league. Three other teams put up over 130 this week and lost. And... There was also a team that barely scored 50 points. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And I just want to I want to assure everybody, okay? Last week you were gone, but we're back and we're never leaving ever again. So we're here and ready to stay. And uh since you are back full time, I just have one question. How are you doing? How are you? Uh I, I'm okay. You know, I'm a little down. The uh the weekend didn't go the way I planned. I'm now 0-2. Uh, got blown out, got absolutely just dragged through the chat all weekend long. Uh, and on that note, actually, I do have, I put together a little shit list. So these are the guys that I know when you're calling me out. I know when you're making fun of me and I pulled, uh, here's to reference the bachelor, those guys out there that watch the bachelorette. I pulled a Tino, pulled out my notebook, wrote down the names, wrote down the reasons why and wrote down the matchups. So. I've got my shit list down. I've got my revenge tour set. Weeks four, five, and six, I play Will Gray, Joey Battinger, Will Hickson, back to back to back. Those are guys I'm knocking out. Those are guys I'm coming after. Those are guys that called me out, and I'm coming back for these guys. Uh, but, yeah, regardless, it was a rough week. Other guys on my shit list, just so everyone's clear, Ethan Brown, Davis Church, and, yes, even you, Chaz Daly. Those are the guys that called me out. Those are the guys I'm coming after in this league. Yeah, I want to point out that I wasn't vicious about it. I was just spitting facts. But uh, it, your predicament is an interesting one because it's partially the players are not great that you pick, but also some injuries, which we'll get to later. But at least it's kind of like when you're in school and you do bad on a test, which I know you're a smart smart boy. You wouldn't understand that. But when someone else does bad on the test, too, you don't feel as bad. So at least you have Ryan McCauley down there who dropped up not much better than you did. So uh, you have someone down there with you. But we'll see how this week goes right now. We're going to break down for the first time this year, um, since we got a few games in our belt, we're going to break down the standings. Mm-hmm. So at the top, at 2-0, we have Titletown Cheese Curds, shockingly Don Patrol, Ranchwater Wrangler, who we were pretty high on, and King of the North. Are there anybody in there that you're surprised about? Um, I'm assuming there's one in there in Don Patrol that I'm surprised about, but is there, out of those four, is there anyone in there that you were kind of shocked or 2-0 so far? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily shocked because of the team they have, but shocked because of the owner. Uh, I think this is a great re-entry to the league for Joey. I mean, the Ranch Water Wranglers, great name, great logo, and a really solid team top to bottom. I think two weeks ago, Will Hickson said, Joey's got a great team, he's just got to sit on it, and that's exactly what he's done. He's got a phenomenal team, and he's 2-0. I mean, he's looking pretty nasty, looking pretty good. We'll see if that can continue this week. He's got a tough matchup. Uh, but I think I'm probably going to pick him later on when we go through our commissioner picks. Yeah, uh, in terms of the overall season, I think he was uh, shocking being a, a re-entry back in here. But we liked his team, so not too big of a deal there. 
And then we'll break down to the people who are even, so it can go either way. Granted, week two, uh, even if you are 0 2, which we'll get to you in a second. Um, everything's fine. It's all good. But the people who are kind of right in the middle could go either way. We have Chrome Domes, one and one, Fightertown Mavericks, one and one, the Lexington Mob, and myself are all one and one. So we're sitting at 500. Uh, and I think all of those guys in there, um, it's kind of hard to tell. I'm one who thinks you really need about four weeks or so to get a full understanding of how good teams are. So these rankings don't really mean anything to me, except some towards the bottom here, but uh, us sitting here, I think I like all the teams we have here. Uh, Some of the depth of people's rosters who are sitting at one-on-one might come into question towards the end of the year, but I think uh, I'm pretty comfortable with those teams right there. Is there anyone you would hit on? Yeah. I mean, Chrome Domes and Fightertown Mavericks, Tyler and Ethan's team both just had a rough week. I mean, they, put up significant points, would have beat most teams in the league on a regular week, but ended up playing two juggernauts, two of the teams that are still undefeated, being the Titletown Kurds and Don Patrol. So uh, some tough breaks. I think Tyler even mentioned he's second in points for and first in points against. Uh, It's only two weeks in, so we don't need all those complaining yet, and a lot of stuff is going to even out as the season goes on, but a tough break in week two to take a loss uh, with such a strong week. Yeah, and then moving down to the bottom here. Now, like I said, it's only week two. And granted, once you're starting 0-2, um, your your psyche, your mental state might go a little array and you might be in the dumps and like just have a dark cloud over you for the, the first two weeks here. Uh, but everything's okay. It's only week two. You can dig yourself out. Even week three, uh, I'm sure one of the two people here, or one of the four here, that I'm going to go over in a second, will probably end 0-3 uh, after next week. And you still have some time, but after then you might need to uh, change some things up, which I think one of these players already did. But sitting at 0-2, we have 25 Savage, VC Stingrays, Hot Tub Time Machine, and Viva La Tejas. Um, We'll go over some trades here in a minute. But like I said, 0-2, it's fine, except the two at 11 and 12 and Hot Tub Time Machine. Unfortunately, yourself. We'll see what happens. Is there anything shocking there from the bottom four? Yeah, it's tough to uh, tough to be down here, tough to try and be critical of other teams in the league when I'm sitting dead last in standings. Don't have much to say. Can't really say much. Don't want to criticize, uh, but I'm not going to be here for long. I'll just say that. And this is, you know, not so untreaded waters. Uh, if you remember a year or two ago, I think I started off 0-4, maybe 0-6, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, 0-something, significant number, ended up making the playoffs making a late season push. So don't count me out ever. One question we have um, once we go farther into the few weeks here, but starting even now, the first two weeks, I think the waiver wires were kind of thin and a few people's eyes. So um, since they're thin now, I'm curious how those shift up and what kind of values you can get later on. But those are the rankings according to the win loss percentages. But since everyone asked, and I know you care a lot, Uh, I have my own standings here, uh, my personal um, rankings, if you will, for who I think long-term and their teams as a whole right now. So starting at number one, no shock, I have Ranchwater Wranglers. Number two, and again, you want to pay attention to the Chooch's rankings, okay? Don't worry about Mm -hmm. ESPN's rankings are law, okay? Ranchwater Wranglers, number one. Titletown Cheese Curds at two. Shocking one here. Might be some um, cause for alarm for other people. They might have different opinions. I got King of the North at three. Bidertown Mavericks, another shocking one I have ranked at four. Um, yours truly, you know, I'm not going to give myself too high a praise, but I'm sitting at five. We have a tie for sixth with Chrome Domes, 
and 25 Savage tied for sixth. Um, we'll go over some acquisitions made by one of the players here. Sitting at eight, we have Lexington Mob. Nine, VC Stingrays. I don't care much for uh, win-losses only at week two. I have Don at 10. And number 11, you're not at the very bottom, but we got Viva La Teos, so you have something to look forward to. You're sitting at 11. And then at the very bottom, we have 12. Um, his team, your team suffered a few injuries, which put you down there. Our hot tub time machine, uh, it was just questionable, scheming questionable draft situation, although he did, he did have quite a few of his studs, his main, like, I think there's like four or five guys there that are a little beat up um, and haven't really performed as expected, but I have him at 12. Thoughts? Very interesting. I like it. Uh, I like some of these calls in the dark. Just to give a quick recap, the biggest riser in terms of ESPN rankings to Chooch's rankings is I'm a Chooch. He jumped up the most spots, so thank you for staying impartial. And clearly the biggest faller from the number two spot all the way down to number 10 that's Don Patrol. So uh, taking your shots. I like it, though. I like that you're progressing the season forward and not just focusing on currently what's happened. A lot of football left to be played, though. Yeah, this is nothing personal. It's strictly business. Those aren't, you know, there's no bias in there. It's just, it is what it is. Love it. All right, let's move on in. Talk about some of the trades and acquisitions from the past week. First, we'll look at the acquisitions. Uh, yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, uh, there were nine acquisitions made, and the number one acquisition in terms of dollars spent was Tua Tagovailoa for $82. Eric Thomas, ET, spent $82 on Tua when he already had a serviceable Russell Wilson in a quarterback. Uh, some other bids on Tua. Ethan Brown bid. $79. Holy crap. I bet 32 and Mob and Dan both bet or bid $21. Chess, what do you think of this? Uh, is this acceptable? Is this just a flash in the pan? What do you think of Tua season long? So um, real quick before I answer that question, arguably you need a quarterback the worst since yours is on IR and I don't believe you ever had a quarterback in, on your bench. Is that correct? Don't even need one. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have one on your bench and um, yours went out and you only spent $32, so I think that says enough. Um, shocking that $82 was spent by Don, not so much. I will say I'm a little surprised Fightertown Mavericks, who I said in the chat earlier, spent $79, and I'm sure he went to bed really comfortable. He was like, there's absolutely no way anyone is going to put more than $79 on there, and they did, so I'm, I'm curious how he dealt with that. When it comes to Tua, um, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a Tua hater when you – when you look at the uh, aura of Tua in sports, it's either people who hate him or people who love him. I don't, I'm neither of them, although I don't think that what he did this past weekend is at all sustainable. I know he's got a few weapons in there, but the Ravens' defensive backs are pretty horrible. I know one of them, uh, Marlon Humphreys, came up. He was having a groin injury. He, was, um, he didn't even practice half the week last week. I'm pretty sure it's Marcus Peters' first game back, and the rest of those guys are chumps, and they just went in. This week and got a bunch of guys off of practice squads and signed them to the team. So their defense is struggling regardless. Um, I think it was kind of a bunch of broken um, plays there. I'm going to hit on it when we get to Ethan's team, but I don't, I don't see Waddle unless there's a serious breakdown in defense having that many points again. I mean, if you take one of those away with that touchdown, he would only score 20 points, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'm going to do a hot take here. I don't think two is going to win the next four games. I know he's got the Bills next. 
Um, and not many people expecting to win, but after that, I think he's got like the Bengals and the two other teams that aren't that great, but I'm, I'm going to say that they're not going to win the next four games. Oh, wow. Hot take. Yeah. With Tua, I think a lot of these young quarterbacks come into the league. They're good in football and they're great in fantasy because they're not only a solid passer, but they're mobile, right? They get some rushing yards chopped in and rushing yards in fantasy equate to more points than passing yards. So you get this giant boost. We're seeing that right now with guys like Jalen Hurts, right? He's getting uh, six points for every rushing touchdown. He already has three on the season, whereas he'd be getting four for passing touchdowns. So you love that rushing upside. Um, Chaz, do you want to take a guess at how many rushing yards Tua had this past week against Baltimore? 43 and a half. Close. He had one. Okay. (laughs) And in week one, do you want to guess how many rushing yards he had? Who did they play week one? They played the Patriots week one, I believe. That's Uh, correct. I'm sure they didn't want to run it a lot. I'm going to go with five. He had two. Okay. He has three rushing yards on the season. So you're going to be completely reliant. I mean, if you're going to extrapolate out the first two weeks, you're going to be completely reliant on the passing game. Um, Like you said, the schedule gets a lot harder. Um, You have dynamite weapons, some excitement there with Tyreek Hill, obviously, and then Waddle, like you mentioned. But – is he worth $82? I don't think so. Is he worth $32 of your $100 fab, which I bid, which I bid, excuse me. Um, I felt like I was on the high end there. I'm okay with passing on Tua and just figuring it out this one week and maybe streaming quarterbacks going forward. A big price to pay. We'll see if it pays off for Eric. Yeah, and hitting on that regarding Tua in the fantasy realm, I mean, I think there's a few guys on the waivers that I'd rather have over him, but I don't even think Don's going to play him this week. Well, he might because he's at Russell Wilson, but um, he's, I would probably Russell Wilson this week over him anyways. Um, but long-term, um, to be determined, I think even experts or the people on, not that people on TV are experts or anything, but they even don't even know where to rank him. So I, I can't imagine having him on your team with Russell Wilson and deciding who to play that week. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Some other acquisitions we had. There were several for six, a couple for eight. Uh, you and I both got one for eight, so we'll talk about those really quickly. Chooch, you got for $8, Jarek McKinnon running back for Kansas City. There were no other bids. Uh, do you regret bidding $8 for that player? And how do you feel like he's going to play forward for your team going into week three of this season? I don't regret bidding eight because I thought there were going to be a few more people who bid on him. I think I'm pretty sure him and Clyde Abdelair got equal or close to equal touches. And I'm pretty sure um, Jarek McKinnon got more receiving I could be wrong on it this past week, but I'm pretty sure as a whole, he's had more receiving touches um, than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And Isaiah Pacheco, I know everyone's high on him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten much work, and I think he even did some special teams um, stuff this last week. So if Clyde Edwards goes down, um, Jarek McKinnon's the the backup. And, I, I mean, some people say that he even uh, looks a little better um, just straight up running the ball. So I, I put on him, and I, was, I had Zamir White who I was kind of high on at the beginning of the season, but I'm pretty sure he's put up like 0.3 points the last two weeks. So it's like, why not? Yeah. To speak on that backfield, Pacheco had a great week one, had a touchdown, double digit fantasy points last week. Like you said, was used more in special teams, only had two carries. Um, What's interesting though, is CEH. I'm not sure if that utilization you mentioned is correct in terms of the split being pretty 50, 50, uh, but CEH is actually running back number five on the season thus far through, through the first two weeks. So, um, 
you're not seeing a lot of consistency. You're not seeing a lot of big games from running backs so far in fantasy. But to see a guy like CEH quietly be the number five guy in our fantasy format, it's pretty impressive. So, yeah, if, if Jarek McKinnon can take over that role and you know, have that same sustainability, $8 is definitely worth it. Uh, on the other side, I took Noah Brown, wide receiver for Dallas, for $8. Uh, kind of the same question I posed to you, I'll post to myself. And, yes, I do regret bidding that much on him. I forgot Michael Gallup was coming back and trying to get desperate to make a few moves. Um, I do like Noah Brown, watching some of his highlights, but maybe not worth $8. I uh, probably could use that going forward in the season. All right, now we're going to move on into some trade talks. Uh, there were two trades this past week. One was a backup running back for Tampa Bay for a tight end that has zero points, so we'll not even mention that trade. The other one, the big one, between Mob and Daniel Arrow, Will Gray traded away Michael Pittman Jr. and Austin Eckler to Daniel Arrow's 25 Savage for A.J. Brown, Najee Harris, and Tony Pollard. Another huge blockbuster trade. What do you make of this one, Chaz? Yeah, I think um, this trade specifically, I don't think there was a win. I mean, I think both teams were kind of winners in this one. I don't think anyone really won the trade. I know Austin Eckler the first few weeks hasn't really put up um, the points that he was expecting, and especially trading away for Jonathan Taylor. I can see why um, he might not want him on his roster. But one thing I will point out about this trade that I didn't mind is um, I'm pretty sure after last week, Lexington Mob had a few, I don't know if there were injuries or there were a few things regarding his his depth that he was worried about. So, I mean, anytime you get three players for two players, arguably that are, are similar skill sets, you're kind of adding more um, depth to his team, which I think he was struggling with there. Granted, I probably would rather keep Austin Eckler over uh, Najee Harris and Tony Pollard, but the likelihood of maybe one of them getting injured as opposed to the two that he has um, is a little bit better odds there. And then AJ Brown and Michael Pittman, I think 25 Savage was really big on Michael Pittman going into the season. So getting him uh, mm-hmm. for an AJ Brown who didn't put up super points this week um, was just a, a pretty even trade overall. And I know 25 Savage, I could be wrong in this, you correct me, but I don't think he's one that really cares about his bench as much as he wants good players on his starting lineup and then he'll figure the rest out. Whereas I think Lexington Mob was a little more worried about having some death pieces. So three for two and then dropping Irv Smith you know, I think is in both parties' favor. Yeah, interesting trade for sure. Uh, some people get high on life. Some people get high on drugs. I think that mob, Will Gray, gets high on trading first-round draft picks. This is the third time in two seasons he's done this. Uh, just loves the feeling, loves the electricity in the chat, uh, and loves shaking things up a little bit. But yeah, like you, I don't really feel like too much shook around in terms of what I think of these teams after the trade. I think both of them benefited. Um, was interesting to hear you say the same thing because after hearing Chooch's, you know, standings, Chooch's rankings, I thought that you'd have a lot to say for 25 Savage's new look team. And I thought you'd rank him a little bit higher in terms of who won this trade. The tide definitely shifted when when Lexington Mob traded with Dave. I think Dave definitely won that one. And this one's more of an even trade. I will say one thing, some correlation. I know Daniel, I guess, likes Indianapolis Colts players because he has Naheem Hines. Um, he, he had Michael Pittman now. Um, and then the Austin Eckler, I think he's just expecting him to um, kind of push forward and uh, get a lot more reps moving forward that I see. So uh, I don't see anything wrong with it, and it's not too shocking to change up my rankings personally. All right, let's move on in tonight. 
We've got football. It's Thursday night football. Steelers versus Browns. Cleveland is favored by four and a half. The over-under is 38.5, so a pretty low over-under there. What do you like about this game, Chaz? And talk to me a little bit about the fantasy implications and what you might be looking for for these two teams. Uh, We just talked about Najee Harris, who's now with the Lexington mob. He's going to be playing tonight. Uh, Does this Browns defense scare you at all in terms of starting Najee Harris? Uh, Well, first off, I want to start off by the only thing worse than this game is maybe if like um, Pittsburgh was playing Houston or Pittsburgh was playing uh, the Patriots because this isn't a game I really care to watch. Um, But your question regarding defense, um, I was going to bring up, I'm pretty sure Jadavian Clowney is not going to be playing this weekend um, or this week on Thursday for the Browns. So I'm not sure how that line's really going to do without him. You know, I like watching football, but I don't believe I have any players on either team um, in any of my leagues, except maybe um, Amari Cooper. So I haven't watched any of these teams play. So I guess it'll be good for me to kind of see uh, the competition here. And I don't even believe um, my matchup this week has anybody on those two teams double checking um, in his starting lineup here. Yeah, I don't think he has any in there either. So I'm not really looking forward to this game. I will say Amari Cooper put up some big points last week. So I'm curious to see if he can carry that over. And then um, Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunter wrote the two. Um, big fantasy aspects that I really care to watch here um, on either team, really. Yeah, you just touched on it. Uh, Joey has Nick Chubb. Daniel has Kareem Hunt. They're both the RB2s in their lineup. Uh, They're number one and number 10 in terms of RB rankings and fantasy so far this season. And they're going up against a Pittsburgh front without TJ Watt. Uh, They gave up 124 yards on the ground last last week, excuse me, to the Patriots on only 24 rushing plays. So I think that there's opportunity for points to be scored there. And then additionally, you're getting Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Amari Cooper was number nine wide receiver in fantasy this past week and scored four points in week one. So he's a very boomer bust type player. We'll see how he can bounce back, if at all, from this. Uh, And then on the other side of the ball with Pittsburgh, I mentioned it a little bit when I was asking Chaz a question to start off this segment, but Najee Harris. What's going on with running backs this year in fantasy? We're seeing a lot of big names dropping some duds. Najee in week one put up only 10 points. Saquon in week two put up 11 points. JT, Jonathan Taylor this past week put up seven points. And just name a few others. Joe Mixon in week two put up 11. Dalvin Cook in week two only put up seven. So a lot of these big name running backs are not giving you consistent high floors like you'd be expecting to kind of start your week off on a solid note. Um, I'm hoping that Najee can get back on track, and I think he will tonight. Yeah, and uh, I never miss a football game, so I'm going to watch it. But if you're going to miss one, this will probably be it. All right, give me a pick, Chaz. Who you got, Steelers or Browns? Uh, I hate the Browns organization, and I hope they lose every game. I'm going to go with Steelers. All right, I'm going to go with the Browns. Now it's time to check back in with the Wills. We're here with the second installment of the Under Over Props with Will Gray, Will Hickson, myself, and Chooch. Guys, it's good to see you again. We took the week off. How's everybody doing? A couple of you guys, well, Will Hickson up on top, undefeated. Two guys sitting one and one, and I'm at the bottom of standings. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> Feeling, feeling pretty good. Um, 
I, I love the I love the you're in the doghouse. Very bottom. Makes me feel good. Uh usually usually it's hard to get a reaction out of you, but um I think the the mix of uh there's there's plenty to say about uh how terrible you've been. So yeah, that's well, that's been a really good time. Th- there's an element where I feel like I really thrive. You know, I got nothing to lose, nothing held back. Chaz and I talk about it a little bit on the podcast where I've been in this position before. I started 0 and 6 and made 0-6. the playoffs at one point. All right. It may have been 0 4. We can't. We can't. I can't really imagine what right your all time record is for fantasy football. It's got to be hella well, negative. I'm a fighter, bro. Okay. So I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm here to stay. I, I don't put up with the shit in the group, me. It brings out a different <laughs> side of me, but I'm ready to rough and tough and dog pound it out. Chaz, you got your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, there's four of us, so you know you got to pick and choose your battles of when you want to speak. I was going to say the first two weeks, though, you've also been out of town both weeks, so you haven't really actually get to watch your team lose. That you is fact. Final. You've just seen the outcome of the week, so you're actually maybe some of your good juju if you actually watch the games instead of just see the results. Yeah, just to expand on that for a second, I literally flew out to family vacation two Sundays ago, flew back in this past Sunday. So I didn't see a second of football. Literally was sitting in the airport, refreshing my phone. Like, surely my team has more points than this. What is going on? So, yes, uh, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm ready. I'm active. I'm ready to get things going. I've seen a couple hands, so I think that's what we're doing now. Just say, you you being in the airport might have saved your life. I think I would off myself if I saw that. <laughs> <few minutes. laughs> Did not have internet in San Diego? Like, well, what, what kind of excuse is family vacation to not watch football? That blew my mind. Well, look, the timing was not great. We flew out of Louisville, so it's a three-hour drive, then a five-hour flight, and then a two-hour drive from L.A. to San Diego. It wasn't great planning, but that literally took up all of my Sunday. Yes, like, there's internet in San Diego. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday oh, yeah, night. Yes, I saw the Thursday night okay. games. I went to a bar and watched the uh, Yeah, watched the Chargers game, Chargers-Kansas City game last Thursday in San Diego. Great game. Uh, but, yeah, no, I get it. But I'm back. That's all I'm saying. Last thing on your on your terrible management. Two years ago. Wait, wait, wait. We're gonna cut that. Try again. Different question. Okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh two years ago when you started 0 and six, weren't you weren't you putting up points last year? Got really unlucky. Look, the past is the past. I'm focused on this year. I don't answer those types of questions. I made the playoffs. That's all All that matters. Let's be honest. uh, 75% of these teams in this Zoom right now are pretty hot dog water and i'm the only one actively trying to make it better (laughs) all right well uh before we start our normal segment let's let the people know who the wills are i have a couple questions for you okay Mm. um how do well we know trent the only thing he likes to do on sundays is fly but uh between you two what's your how do you all watch football on sundays picks you go first uh, so I am a an avid YouTube TV watcher, subscriber. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I logged in two weeks ago, and I was like searching for Red Zone. And it was like, you have to buy the sports package now. And like it used to come with Red Zone. So I just immediately went and got it. Um, so I've got Red Zone. Nice. As long as the Packers aren't playing at noon, I'm just cramming Red Zone. Uh, I like I like we watched the first half of the noon games or the one one o'clock games at Saints the other day. That's always fun. Um, so that, that's what I prefer. And then I usually settle in for the uh, the second round of games at three, 
30, 425. Um, and, and usually pick one unless there are a couple of good ones. I'll go back to red zone. Um, and then I feel like my Packers are always on Sunday nights. So, uh, I, I, I like to lay in bed and, uh, and, and watch them, watch them dominate. I like that. Gray. Fun. That sounds like a good time. Mm. Um, I'm surprised I don't have red zone on YouTube TV considering, but I, I honestly just have a laptop right next to me with red zone. And then I watch the TV where with the game I want to watch, but I end up not even watching the TV. I just stare at my computer <laughs> like the whole day. So uh, that's pretty much me. But before I'll, Recently, I'll just go up to the liquor store, and then the lady at the drive thru be like, "You want your sweet tea?" Or, you know, your... Awesome. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, and, uh, I'm assuming that red zone you watch on your laptop is legal stream, legally streamed. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, I expensive. Two, I got two more. Next one, favorite Sunday football meal. Meal. I'll let Will Gray go first because he's the. Uh, or the Snapchat chef? Uh, yeah. I don't think I have, like, a regular Sunday meal, but, sheesh, those wings have been smacking recently. I'll Four days a week at least. Mm-hmm. All in the air fryer, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I need to get myself a grill. Um, I'm, I'm pretty ritualistic, uh, and I'm also one of the lucky few where uh, my wife enjoys the full day of football. Um so it's it's usually like a like a five thirty six o'clock uh, Domino's pizza call. Um, right. We're we're big on the XL uh, Brooklyn style Philly cheesesteak right now. I highly recommend it. Uh, but every Sunday it's a lock. Okay. Ooh, that sounds fire. Wait, it's is so it a Philly cheesesteak from Domino's or Philly cheesesteak pizza? Pizza XL. Okay. All right. Yeah, Brooklyn like style. Me. Also, that's important. I like I both of those answers. Last question. I think Will Hicks kind of answered it. What's your favorite primetime game? Is it Thursday night football, Sunday night football, or Monday night football? I'll let Will Hicks can go first um, just because he's his team apparently plays on a lot of uh, the primetime games. So. Uh, I think that's a, a no-brainer. Sunday night, uh, you've, had, you've had all day to watch all the madness happen, and then it, it all just – it's like a storm, you know? Like everything just kind of kind of calms down after, and it's just the most relaxing um, – peaceful time to to soak up your last three and a half hours of the day i like that answer. Sunday, sunday was a great football day i loved that i mean what a jam-packed second week but i i think i don't know i was going between you know monday or thursday just to mix it up i think monday is just a great way to say fuck monday let's watch some football mm. you know so I, I would say monday and the eagles that came out came out blazing yeah, I like Mondays too because the Sundays are over, but then it, you're you're going through work and about twelve o'clock hits, you're like, oh shit, we got Monday night football. Um, Trent, I would ask you. Well, I I was gonna say I strongly disagree with all those takes. For me, when you get through the Sunday slate of the main games and like you eat dinner and then Sunday nights there, you're like, damn, there's only two football games left. This weekend's over. For me, I'm big into the Thursday night where. It's halfway through the work week. You wake up Thursday morning. You're like, fuck yes. Football tonight. Let's go. We're getting the weekend kicked off, especially if you have a player or two in the game. Maybe a player on your bench. You're like, maybe I'll flex them this week. Just get a little crazy. That's, I mean, nothing better than Thursday night football to get the weekend going. I love, I love diversity. Yep. What about you, Chooch? 
Um, I would. I was going to say Monday. I'd probably say Monday just because, you know, you think everything's over on Sunday, um, and then Monday hits and you get one more game. I would say the only reason I don't like Thursdays is purely for the fact if you actually have players who play Thursday and they don't do well, then you're kind of big um, punching yourself and you're kind of pissed for the rest of the weekend. But um, I like all those answers. Now, uh, Stat Boy, take us away, Trent. All right, let's kick it in high gear here, guys. We've got four more props, over-under bets. Uh, we started out week one. Again, we had four props. One of the players didn't play. George Kittle did not play. So there's only three props that we could have gone for. Uh, we all went one and two. Myself, Will Gray, and Chaz all hit on the over for Stephon Diggs' catches, receptions. And Will Hickson hit on the under for Austin Eckler rushing yards. Okay. We've got four new props today. We're all tied. It's a new season, fresh, clean slate. Let's get after it. We're going to start with the first one. Okay. We tried to pick players on uh, teams that you guys are fans of. So it's going to be a little bit more fun. You guys as in the league, not necessarily the guys on this call. But we're starting off with the Tennessee Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. They're going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're talking passing yards, okay? Ryan Tannehill, passing yards. The line is set over under at 201.5. So looking for that 200-yard mark, over under for that. Who wants to take us away here? So it looks like playing in Buffalo, you had a rough day of 117 yards. Um, I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, you know, they're playing the Raiders, and uh, – I'm just hoping that he gets things back on track because the Titans look god awful. So we're gonna say over. Um, I don't. I don't like to agree, um, but if if they're going to be worth anything this year, they've got to throw for more than 200 yards to be able to free up Henry in the backfield. Um, so I think that's got to be a priority for them if they want to get back to running it well. So uh, I'll say over just because they have to. Yeah, I think you could go either way with this answer. I don't think Panahill the last two weeks has thrown over like 150 yards. I don't think um, for either game he's played in. Six in the opener against the Giants. What did you say? 266 yards in the opener against the Giants. But it's the Giants, so it's totally different. We're playing the Raiders now. Different ball game. Okay. Regardless, I get what you're saying about throwing the ball more, but I think they're going to fall back on their crutch. Um, and I think they're going to try to pound the rock and Brable is going to go back in his boots um, and just give the ball to the guy he knows who can get it done. And uh, Derek Henry. So I'm going to go with the under. All right. We got two overs and an under pick. Yeah. I like, uh, I like this line. I think it's pretty accurate to what expectation should be. I did a little research. Todd Downing, the offensive play caller since he's joined the Titans with Henry. Um, they have been the, eighth highest in terms of percentage of running the ball or the run pass split. So very consistently have an even split. They're at 52% passing 48% running the ball under his tenure. Um, that stayed very consistent year to year stays very consistent home and away. Um, that doesn't play a huge impact in the statistics when you stat everything out. I think that for him to hit a 200-yard mark, he needs to attempt nearly 26 passes. Uh, that seems to be about his average for hitting that yard mark over the last three seasons. Um, for this game against Las Vegas, I don't see him reaching that mark, and for that reason, I'm going to go under. So Chaz and I are on the under. The Wills are on the over. Spreadsheet boy. 
That's right, man. Uh, One and three. Though. It's paying off so far. Noodle alarm. All right, the next prop. My home dog, my first round draft pick. We're looking at Dalvin Cook. Okay. This is total yards from scrimmage. So this is both receiving and rushing yards. The Vikings are playing Detroit. Dalvin Cook's gotten off to a slow start. Okay. Over under Dalvin Cook combined rushing receiving yards. So total scrimmage yard. The line is set at 101.5. So will he break the century mark for rushing and receiving combined? That one's tough. Uh, but I think I think he's going to carve up Detroit. Uh, Detroit's getting a lot of love because they won. Um, but they're giving up a ton of yards. So I, I'm, I'm going to go over. All right. I'll switch it up. I'll go under. Um, I'm another – Dalvin Cook owner on in my other league, and uh, he is absolutely pissing me off. So um, I want to get rid of him. <laughs> Under the opposite of analytics. Yeah, got feeling, baby. Emotional. Pays out. <laughs> I think um, you know they're going to have a bounce back week. I don't know what Kirk Cousins was doing last week. Uh, I think they're going to mix the plays up a little bit. I think Justin Jefferson is going to get open and they're going to try to spread the ball out a little bit more. Um, I think week one, they played green Bay and actually played pretty well. And I still don't think he had that many um, combined yards. Do what? He had like 117. Yeah. So I'm going to go under, Uh, I think they're going to get to a a little bit of a lead and then just kind of run it a little bit more um, between the tackles and not so many um, big plays. So I'm going to use. Sheesh. Never mind. Interesting. Yeah, a lot more split here today. Um, Here's an interesting fact for you guys. Detroit and Minnesota are both in the NFC North, so they play each other twice a year. Dalvin Cook has been out because of injury for three of the last four matchups. So there's not a lot of, you know, recent historical data on this matchup. Um, But here's the thing. He's not injured. He's 100% healthy. He's ready to go. If you look at his statistics this year, he just got off of a game playing Philadelphia where he had 36, 36 total scrimmage yards, just an atrocious game, only six rushes. And if you watch the game on Monday night, like they got behind early. It felt like you got through the first half and they hardly even touched the ball. So that game, I feel like, is quite a bit of an outlier. I don't think they're going to struggle the same way with Detroit as they did with Philadelphia um, because he's 100% healthy. I like him, and I'm going to even put more chips in the middle because he's on my fantasy team. So I'm going to go with over. Uh, who's with me on that? That's me and Will Hickson. The third prop bet we have. All you Bears fans out there, we're looking at your QB. Justin Fields struggled a little bit. Hasn't had that many pass attempts this season. They're going into Houston, and we're looking at passing touchdowns. The line is currently at 0.5. So will he or will he not throw any touchdowns in this upcoming game on Sunday against Houston? Will Hickson, we'll go to you to start. Uh, Houston stinks. Um, I think I think Chicago is going to run the ball a lot. I think they're going to drive the field. They're going to they're going to be down around the goal line a lot. So I think he's got to get one. He'll throw one to Montgomery or Komet or or somebody down there. Uh, I, I, I think he'll get one, so I'll go over. As much as I'd love to say under 0.5, that seems ludicrous. That's zero, isn't it? That's zero. Uh, yes. Yeah, maybe. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think it. I'm going to go over, but I, I mean, they still it is what it is. Yeah. If you would have asked me um, if he's going to have 0.5 passes, I still would kind of be on the fence here. Um, <laughs> Justin Fields looks absolutely fucking horrible. Uh, Chicago <laughs> looks inept. I don't even want to watch him play, um, but I, I think they're going to make a pass. They have to. They have to get in practice for moving in the forward in the season. Um, and you got to pass the ball eventually. So I think um, I think he'll have at least I'm going to I'm going to say two touchdowns this week, passing touchdowns. Um, just they're going to they're going to push him a little bit more, uh, especially if they get up. They're going to open up their playbook a little bit, try to relax him a little bit. So I'm going to say over easily. OK, we're looking at Houston. All right. We're remembering the Houston of the last couple of years, the Houston without Deshaun Watson, a terrible bottom feeder team. Now, I'm not saying they're great. But I'm saying their defense has drastically improved. This year, they've gone up against two decent quarterbacks and Matt Ryan. That was the prop bet from the first week. And then this past week, they played Russell Wilson in Denver. He's stinking. Both of those games, there was a wide receiver in the game that put up significant fantasy points. But both teams were only limited to one passing touchdown. I think Houston's secondary has a massive upgrade over the last couple of years. And all of that combined with the fact that Justin Fields for 2022, his QBR is second lowest among all starting quarterbacks, only behind Baker Mayfield with Carolina. He's 31st in the NFL in QBR. The Texans defense is improved. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and I'm taking the under going against all you guys on this one. I respect it. I respect it. Feeling feisty. Spit in Dan's face. Right. And Tyler. All right. Yeah. The last one. Devontae Adams. We started with the stud receiver week one. We sit Stephon Diggs. Now we're taking Devontae Adams. The same prop. We're looking at receptions. The line is at six and a half, I believe. Yeah, six and a half receptions. Las Vegas is going up against Tennessee. What do you guys have on this one? I feel like you always have to bet over with Devontae Adams. Always. I mean, always over. I think he was targeted 17 times the very first game of the season, which is amazing uh, for, you know, Adams owners. Uh, second game was pretty bad, but, you know, I got to bet over. Fuck that guy. Under. <laughs> Thanks for the hey, analysis so- there, Will. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Um, Concise. I love it. Uh, if there's one team worse to watch and just a worse team in general than the Bears, it's the Titans. Uh, and their defense looked so bad this past weekend. Granted, it was against the Bills. Um, but I think some of their wide receivers are banged up along with um, Renfro. I think he's got a pretty decent concussion from the last play of the game. Uh, <laughs> and I probably push the rock a little bit to Devontae get up pretty quick. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the over as well. He should fake a concussion if he doesn't have one. This is true. For this one, I don't have a ton of statistics. I'm talking (laughs) about a superstar player. Last week, he had two receptions for 12 yards. You can't keep a superstar down long. I think he's going to have a big bounce back week. I'm going to go over. I'm just glad that bum's not in Green Bay anymore. Like that silly, silly Stefan Diggs bet. You know, we, we're betting the over. Alan Lazard, wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah I, I think you got a messed up view of superstar receivers there, Will. 
Which one? You, Will. Will Hickson. Devontae Adams is money in the bank. Romeo Dobbs for president. <laughs> you want to trade for him? I'll take one of your players over hand. Cooper Cup, straight up. Uh, well, maybe Cooper and one more. Okay. We can we can talk offline. Is that because Stafford's uh, stinky this year, getting rid of him? Yeah, yeah, he's going to tank. Yeah, he's he's no good. I'm done with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say which will, but one of the wills will probably be pretty happy with our uh, praise of their team um, on our normal pod. We already recorded earlier, but uh, I'll, I'll let you listen to that. Tomorrow. I'm excited. Yeah, All right. I, didn't know, I didn't know I was talking about you. I, I'm just excited to hear whatever you had to say. I love it's that. either gonna be Will Hickson surprisingly team went off, or is Will nuking his other team? Other Will nuking his team. Is it for the better or is it for the worse? Last well, time we were on for this segment, we talked about Will Gray's big trade, and he had another one this week. What are your thoughts? You feel like uh, your team's better off after this one, or same feelings of the last one, or what? Um, I'm kind of impartial. Um, I think it kind of can sway either way, just depending on how future games go. Um, I'm not, I wasn't really, I mean, Daniel's going to die, you know, go in the grave before he admits he, he lost that trade. But (laughs) I think, uh, it just will swing either way, just depending on how it goes. You know, Harris has been bad, but Eckler is only getting 40% of the running back target share. And no goal line work with Sony Michelle. So I thought might as well just swing it, get AJ Brown and just see where it goes and add Pollard's depth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Uh your boy, your boy Dan was trying to to get rid of Najee all day. Oh, Sunday, I know. Sunday, yeah. Monday. Uh, I guess I guess those two days. But I was I was close twice to accepting on him, but Amon Ra just just made it too tough, and that's what he wanted. He he's still coming after him. His he came value, after him today again. His value is just gonna. It's not gonna stop. It's gonna I keep know. him. He seems to. Yeah, I would keep. I would keep him too. I got to. Last thing. What what round did you get, Amon Ryan? I was actually. I meant to check that earlier. Um, I want to say nine. That's where I was targeting him. Uh, so I'm hoping that works out. That. I'm trying not – I was telling Dan, I'm, I'm trying not to think too much about keeper stuff because I think that's a good way to get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's one that I don't want to get rid of, and I got him late. So um, You got him in the fifth. Oh, was it fifth? Yeah, I was, was going to say I had your fifth or sixth. Yeah. Well, he's going top top three next year. But, I mean, that's still a phenomenal still. keeper. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting stuff. Well, guys, thanks again for coming on for another segment. Uh, we enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys next week. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. It is now time for the commissioner picks. We picked in week one, we picked in week two, but we haven't given you the standings update. Uh, now we've got a little bit more time, so let's give it to you. Chaz, you're sitting now at seven and five, and I'm sitting at five and seven. We both had a rough week last week, started out hot. Let's see if we can get it back into shape, and we'll start off with your matchup, actually. We're going to go with I'm a Chooch sitting at one and one. 
versus Kyle's VC Stingrays sitting at 0-2. Talk to me about this matchup, Chaz. Yeah, so last week um, I, I did just enough to beat you. Um, you know, a few of my guys on my team in, in recent days and in, in the last few weeks, uh, there's some concerns. But uh, I drafted my team not for the first two weeks. I drafted my team for the whole season, and I think they're just getting started. And uh, quite a few of these guys are, are big names and on in good positions for them to succeed. Um, but they just have not at all. So the only way to go is up because I, I don't think some of these guys can get much worse. Uh, so a few guys on here on my team that uh, I'm definitely might hit the panic button in the next couple of weeks, but I, I need to see big things from is Kyle Pitts. Um, Jamar Chase had a big week, week one, not so much. And then week two, and then Joe Burrow is kind of the, the culprit for that whole situation. So I really want to see Joe Burrow, if he can pull it together with that shitty offensive line, and Kyle Pitts can get can string some um, touches together. And then my lineup right now, um, my flex position, it could go either way on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I have a few people in there right now that I'm feeling okay about, as in I got Jacoby Myers in there who, who looked he's the best player on New England's team by far. And then Jeff Wilson with some recent injuries is RB1 um, all day for them. So they're in there right now. I still have my faith in Elijah Moore and – there's another guy in here, maybe um, ETN and Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, I'm a little more concerned about that might make their way into my lineup. But right now, um, I'm just putting my best foot forward and have my fingers crossed. And then in terms of VC Stingrays, shockingly, I don't think his team's too bad. He's sitting at 0-2 right now. Um, I, he could easily be 1-1 one one if, if my memory serves correctly. And regarding both of our teams, I think we're pretty evenly matched this week. I mean, our projected total on ESPN is pretty close, but also our team's uh, I think are pretty equal. Um, he had some guys on there like Derrick Henry um, and Allen Robinson and maybe Josh Jacobs who um, didn't play their best this past week, um, but I think it could go either way. So I, I don't really know which uh, team I prefer this week. What do you think? Yeah, I like, um, I like a lot of what you said. I mean, you've got Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow stack, as you mentioned this week going up against the Jets. So it's a favorable matchup. You got to like that. Uh, let's look for a strike in the first quarter. Uh, let's see if you can get on the board quick with that stack. Uh, you've got two of my favorite receivers in Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman, not necessarily in fantasy, but just two fun guys, guys I love to root for and watch play the game. So uh, it's exciting baseline that you're starting off with receivers. Like you said, Jeff Wilson making his Hillside Uncensored fantasy football debut on your lineup. Um, you took ETN out. Is that right? Of your lineup, I think because of the touches that James Robinson continues to get. So there's no reason to have ETN in that flex spot. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't played in the last two weeks, actually. So, Okay, I stand corrected. And then tight end position. This is a killer, Chaz. You spent a lot of draft capital up. I know at the draft you were excited to get Kyle Pitts. Head coach Arthur Smith comes out this past week, talks about Pitts not getting the utilization that he wants. He says he basically just shits in the face of all the fantasy football community says, we don't really care about that. Uh, That's got to sting quite a bit. uh, And I'm sure you're not the only one it's managers around the world, around the country that are being uh, impacted by this, but that's, that's got to bite just a little bit. Yeah. Arthur Smith uh, is a piece of shit and he's got a very punchable face, Um, but you know, well going, this would be kind of a fun matchup um, if things were split flopped and Kyle Pitts did what I expected him to do him and uh, Mark Andrews going up together. Um, so 
one more thing I will say about uh, these teams before I make my pick is it's never fun. I have Rashad Bateman, so I finally got some um, Baltimore Ravens capital on my team so I can root for them. But then again, my other team um, has Mark Andrews. So I'm, it's always never fun to root for someone not to get points as opposed to someone uh, to get touches. So we'll see how that goes. But in usual chooch fashion, I will be picking myself. Okay. Um, let me talk about the Stingrays just for a second. They've got Mike Evans out this week, right? He's serving that one-game suspension for the fight in the New Orleans game. Um, so that brings Josh Jacobs back into the lineup. He was benched last week, back into the lineup, alongside Daryl Henderson and, of course, King Henry. Um, this team, looking at it top to bottom, even with Evans on the bench, doesn't look like a team that should be 0-2. They put up 130 points last week. Um Jazz, I hate to do it to you, but I think they're going to get their first win of the season. I'm going to go with the VC Stingrays. That's fine. You're, I mean, I will say one thing. I think your judgment is um, is very high. I have no doubt uh, that you're correct. Yeah, uh, with thank you. Yourself. Appreciate that. Yep. Okay. All right, moving on. Game number two. We've got 25 Savage, 0-2, Daniel Arrow's team, going up against Joey Bodinger and the Dynamite Ranch Water Wranglers sitting at 2-0. and The battle of winless versus undefeated. We've got another one of them coming up here in a bit. Talk to me a little bit about this matchup, Chaz. It seems like from the draft day, we felt like these two teams would be in very different positions than where they are now. Yeah, you know, I um, honestly think last week goes to show for this as well, but I think if, if Ranch Water put the majority of his bench in his starting lineup, he would still have a pretty good chance of beating um, 25 Savage along with the rest of us um, this week. But yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic showing the last few weeks. I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, um, and a few other big names on here are going to do what they do. Uh, some surprising names on here, though, that have really um, showed out that he didn't even have starting last week that he's got in his lineup now is Garrett Wilson, who I, I think he's a good talent, but no one really expects him to be there. And a few guys on his bench that are having phenomenal weeks, but he's just got too many good players and Jahan Dotson, um, Curtis Samuel had a couple of good weeks and uh, even Devonte Smith's on there that I think it all go in a starting lineup. So uh, I can't really fault anything um, on Joey's side. If, I mean, do you even have any criticism of this team? I mean, it's hard to criticize. You look at his starting lineup and I know it's only been two weeks. So averages don't really mean all that much, but on average, his players are scoring North of 160 points. Uh, this is, a team that can get really scary really fast. And I think a lot of it goes back to that draft day. We said there were a couple of players that I in particular, and I'm sure some of the other guys were avoiding just these non-sexy running backs, such as James Robinson, Nick Chubb. Well, Nick Chubb is running back one through the first two weeks. And James Robinson, we just talked about with your team, he's getting all the touches rather than ETN. He's running back seven. Okay. These two guys are putting up monster weeks, giving consistent high floors for Joey's team. And then he's got the, the reunion, right? The marriage back together. We've got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. They're meant to be together. They're together on the Ranch Water Wranglers, and they're putting up massive points week after week. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even think Tyreek Hill, again, he had a, a monster game. He's, I, I pointed out all the players that I liked on his team, and I forgot that he even had Tyreek on there. So that goes to show how good his team is. Um, and then we break it down over here on the 25 Savage. Again, a big trade this week, uh, picking up Pittman and Austin Eckler. Two great players who I liked a lot uh, this year going into the draft. Um, my one question for his team this week, though, is Michael Pittman going to be 100%? I know he's dealing with that, that quad injury. Um, I don't think he had a full practice today. So um, 
he might be making a, a long-term investment with Pittman. And I don't even know um, if he's going to make it into the starting lineup this week, but if he does, um, I think 25 Savage has a good chance to win here. Um, Mike Williams showed out last week. A few guys on here though, that uh, I think he was a little worried about was in Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, but other than that, I, I mean, his team looks like they could be pretty consistent as well. I don't really have any body on his starting lineup that, um, that come into question for me, except Juju Smith. But if, uh, Michael Pittman were to go out just looking at his bench who could kind of move up in the ranks there. I think um, just from looking at it, I think his best bet is to maybe go Nico Collins or hope that mm-hmm. Dave McKenzie um, can have a big week that week. Um, but what do you think about 25 Savages team before I make my selection here? Yeah, you absolutely touched on it. Definitely a different look after that three for two trade, a little bit thinner. So if, you know, injuries come into, uh, you know, become impact, for his team, this could get a little dicey for 25 Savage, already sitting at 0-2. Um, but I do like the way that the trade has made his team shape out. Um, and after a bad performance in Week 2 from Kirk Cousins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devontae Adams, I'm definitely expecting a big game from Devontae Adams, like I said earlier. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how this all shakes out for these two teams. But, Chaz, give me your pick on this game. Yeah, so for this one, um, on paper, you would think Ranch Waters' team would be better this week, but there's a there's a shift in the universe um, with some acquisitions and trades. So this week, I'm going to go with 25 Savage. Okay, and for me, I am going to be physically unable to pick against this team until he loses. That's right. Give me Joey. Give me the Ranch Water Wranglers all day, every day. I will automatically – I will auto-pick them every matchup as long as Joey has, continues this win streak – uh, I, I'm scared to death of this team. I'll be completely honest. Matchup number three. We've got an interesting one here. We've got Ryan McCauley's hot tub time machine sitting 11th in standings, 0-2, going up against the Chrome Domes. Tyler Jasper's Chrome Dome sitting at 1-1. One one. Like we said earlier, very easily could be sitting at 2-0. and An unfortunate matchup in week two leaves him at 1-1. One one. What do you think of this matchup, Chaz? Um, yeah, more so one-sided than the last matchup we went over. I think this one, I don't even have to pick or tell anybody. I think everyone knows who I'm picking for this one. It's Chrome Domes. Um, but I will break down his team real quick. Uh, Chrome Domes, after week one, he was pretty big on his high horse. I mean, he had a lot of guys show out that should show out, um, just from starting out. I mean, Josh Allen's going to play well every week. I don't think he's got to worry about them, but then, um, Saquon Barkley played really well the first week. Um, Justin Jefferson did his thing. I think he had a few guys, other guys in there. Um, that played super well for him. So I don't think he had any worries going into week two. And then week two came along and um, some bumps in the road here. I mean, Justin Jefferson kind of looked covered up pretty well by who was the cornerback who had like, could have had like seven interceptions. Slay Jr. Yeah. Gosh, he was all over Justin Jefferson. Granted Kirk Cousins didn't play um, super well. So I think he might have a bounce back week. against a pretty juicy matchup in Detroit. Um, but yeah, I just think his team has a pretty solid floor in Josh Allen, Saquon. Um, even Miles Sanders, who I traded, looked really good on Monday Night Football. And just the guys on there all have a pretty solid floor. And I don't see them having any worse than like 120 week uh, this week. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, this team looks a little different than last week. Tyler Lockett is into the lineup. Last week he had Tyler Boyd there. Kind of a toss up there. I think that's more matchup dependent. I don't hate Lockett in that spot. Uh, but I would probably go with Boyd personally. 
no no hitting on Tyler there for that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think we've been hitting it over and over. I mean, we've been playing the same drum beat every time we talk about Tyler's team. It's his top four draft picks. It's his top four draft picks. It's his top four draft picks. This week in particular, week two, Cortland Sutton really took advantage of those touches when Jerry Judy went down, put up a dominant week. Unfortunately, it was just not enough to topple over the Kurds. Um, but on the other side of the ball, Ryan gets back Kamara this week. I think that's big. Uh, there's also an outside chance that J.K. Dobbins is going to be available for this weekend for Baltimore. Um, so that's really going to bolster this already strong running back field with Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and Alvin Kamara. So I think you talked about it a little bit earlier how, you know, I was the one, I shouldn't feel as bad as Ryan. I was the one that was getting hit with all these injuries. Ryan, yes, is getting hit with injuries, but he also drafted these players knowing that they're injured, knowing that they're going to be coming back two or three weeks into the season. So I think he's in an okay position. Um, but at this point in time, it's just really hard to pick his team with confidence, especially with some of those players in the flex position before you're seeing any production out of Cam Akers or really something significant out of Robbie Anderson. So for that reason, I'm with you. Like you said at the beginning, we're both here on the Chrome Domes. Yeah, and then regarding Ryan's team, like I said, he's got some good people on his team that just haven't lived up their, to their hype. Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, obviously, is playing really well. Uh, but you got Terry McLaurin, TJ Hawkinson, arguably last year was like a top four going into the season. Everyone wanted mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson, hasn't played super great. Um, and then a few guys on here, Cam Akers, another one of those players that people are excited about that uh, just haven't lived up to their hype. So um, w- with this roster now, long term, I think he could be okay. But if he loses one or two more, he's going to be in win-now mode, and I'm not really sure what he's going to do with some of these guys on here. But, yeah, we're both going chrome dumps. All right, let's move on in. The next matchup, we teased it a little bit ago, the matchup of undefeated versus winless. We're talking about the 2-0 Don Patrol, Eric Thomas's team, going up against yours truly, winless, bottom of standings, piss poor, just pathetic at fantasy football. Viva La Tejas. Chaz, talk to me about this matchup. I honestly just want to hear you talk about your team real quick, and then I'll, I'll give you my synopsis. Well, I don't have too much to say. Uh, currently, we're recording now on Wednesday evening. I don't have a quarterback in my lineup. Uh, this could go a lot of different ways, but I'll say exactly what I said after week one. I think a lot of my players underperformed in week one. They also underperformed in week two. Uh, How many times do I have to say that before I'm just going crazy and I drafted a terrible team? Time will tell. Uh, There are a couple trades in the works, so we'll see if anything materializes in the next couple days. But as for now, I still really like the core of my team. Um, If Rondell Moore, Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, my top three wide receivers, um, are healthy enough to play, then I think I'm in an okay position. Uh, If they're not, I think my team gets very thin very quickly, and I would go ahead and scratch my team in for 0-3. Uh, Chaz, just give me a quick breakdown of either of these teams real quick. We don't need to spend too much time on this matchup, uh, but what do you think of this one? Yeah, so similar to um, – I can't remember whose team it was last year, but I think your team right now, the build of yours, would be really good if it was drafted in two years. Some guys on there, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy really hasn't come into his full form. Gabe Davis is just on the scene. Rondell Moore is a kind of a young talent who's kind of got some injury history. Um, Kadarius Tony's kind of new on the scene. Damian Pierce is a brand new running back. I think, I think a lot of these guys you took maybe a year too early all on the same team. Um, and it's kind of showing here. Um, but yeah, I think you just kind of got unlucky with some injuries and a few guys not really living up to the, um, preseason hype. So, 
Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what you do with your team. I'm not loving it this week, obviously. I think we kind of both know who we're going to pick here uh, reluctantly. And then on the other side, you got Don Patrol dropping a freaking bomb on Tua on the waivers. So I can't imagine him not starting him this week, regardless if we're going up against Buffalo. But he's got a few other guys on here. I mean, if you if say if Stefan Diggs lives up to the last two weeks and he's in your lineup, you kind of have a good base in there to mix up any other in your flexes or running backs, um, kind of how you see fit. Um, this week he's going with Brees Hall. Um, he traded for Pat Fryermuth. Um, some of those guys in there played really well last week. Um, so hopefully they carry over this week. And there, there's a couple guys in there though. Um, DJ Moore, Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary, those guys can be kind of hit or miss. Um, but all in all, I'm definitely uh, liking Don's team this week over yours. Yeah. And then uh, just to mention too, we talked about him a little bit before. Clyde edwards alaire sitting there at RB5. Uh, I think a lot of guys didn't really want to draft him going into this year's draft. Let's see if that's sustainable and that can keep going forward. Um, he's averaging just shy of 20 points, 20 fantasy points per game. Um, so just a solid player all around. And then he's got his boy Tua in there. Drop the bag on him. Uh, we'll see. It should be a fun weekend. I'm also going to pick Don Patrol to go 3-0 and to start the season. I couldn't imagine. That leads us in to, in my opinion, one of the most exciting matchups of the week. Uh, if not for the last game that we'll preview here in a little bit, this would have been my vote for game of the week. I like the way these two teams match up. Honestly, after we get through all the analysis, I think I'm still going to be in the position now. I don't know who I'm going to pick. It's a flip of the coin. Uh, I'm going with my gut on this one. But we have Will Gray and the Lexington Mob sitting at one and one versus Ethan Brown and his impressive Fighter Town Mavericks also sitting at one and one. Unlucky in week two could very easily be 2-0. Yeah, so, I mean, not shocking. I think breaking down everyone's team this year, um, when we originally started, there were a lot of guys kind of in the mix there. And I think um, Ethan's team was one of them. Um, I will say, I'm pretty sure going into the draft or right after the draft, during the draft, he um, seemed kind of flustered. I wasn't really sure. Um, a few picks in there. But I think his team's come together pretty well so far. Um yeah, I think he's got some, you know, proven talent on his team. You could say that for a lot of teams, but there's a lot of guys on here um, that just give you fantasy points. I know last week, I'll admit, I may have misspoke when I said hitter or boomer bust players, okay? I just, you know, sometimes you got to fucking filibuster and fill up some shit, okay? Jalen Waddle and Brandon Cooks are, especially Brandon Cooks, are not hit or miss. Um, you just got a lot of proven talent on here, guys that are, even if they'll have one bad game, um, they'll have a pretty – level playing field is in Joe Mixon and Matthew Stafford. Um, and then like Brandon Cooks is always going to get his touches. And then sky's the limit after I watched last week with Jalen Waddle um, and Tyreek Hill on the other side. So, and you've got another explosive weapon. I'm just looking at now you got Debo Samuel. So I like his team. He's got a lot of fun players to watch on here, um, which is just exciting um, for your team in general to watch every week. Yeah. I think you were on the right track last week when you said boomer bust. Uh, with Jalen Waddle, we saw the boom, right? Uh, but I'd kind of attribute that more to the very high ceiling that Jalen Waddle has, uh, and that was displayed full on in week two. We saw an absolute dynamite performance, moved them up to wide receiver five overall in fantasy this year. So uh, a lot to like about this team. He's getting George the Goat Kittle back in at tight end. Uh, hopefully he's healthy enough to play this weekend. Reports from practice earlier in the week are good. He's on the right track to play, but we'll have to monitor that going forward. 
and he's got a decent backup in Logan Thomas if that's unable to happen. Um, so regardless, I think this this team, like we've been saying every week, just screams consistency, right? Screams a team that's going to score 120 to 140 points week after week. And then you have those weeks where Jalen Waddle goes off. Debo Samuel scores a couple rushes for touchdowns. Uh, and this team really could just dominate this league going forward. Let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball with Lexington Mob. He's got a new look. He's without Austin Eckler for the first time since 2020. Um, he adds Najee Harris, A.J. Brown, Tony Pollard, all to his starting lineup, all guys he's inserted in. Herbert was ragdolled, I would say, quite a bit by the Chiefs defense last week. We'll see if he's healthy enough to play. Um, uh, some rib issue wasn't a broken rib. I don't remember the exact term, uh, but it seems like it's something that he'll be able to play through. He came back into the game and threw some amazing passes, so I don't think it's going to limit him, and I don't think that should be held against him. On paper, these teams match up so evenly. It's going to be such a fun game to watch, um, or I guess match up to watch as this, this weekend unfolds. Chaz, talk a little bit about the mob, and then give me your pick for this matchup. Yeah, so um, the mobs team here, just from looking at his whole makeup here, there's a lot of guys that – the first two games I wasn't super impressed with DK Metcalf, um, Najee Harris, and then I think Tony Pollard, the first game, um, he didn't look so well. But the second game, they definitely showed out, I think. Um, with his recent trade, he's got three good players in here that he can plug in each time, and he's got a couple good players um, that this past week were kind of not on everyone's radar, but everyone knows them now. And Gerald Everett looked really good last week. Um, Drake London was so good that he takes all the freaking Kyle Pitts uh, touches away from me. And then Tony Pollard was finally the, the running back we all expect him to be. Um, so like you said, you touched on a pretty good amount. They're pretty even teams. I'm going to go with Fighter Town Mavericks this week just because I like his uh, matchups a little bit better. But then on the other end, just, just looking at his roster real quick, just for the Lexington Mob's peace of mind, I don't like his bench just from where they are now, but he's got a lot of people on here that have a lot of upside and, and a lot of good handcuffs in Madison, Williams, um, and then a few other guys, Warren, Rashad White. He's got he's got a, a good amount of handcuffs on here. So going in later on in the season, I think those might pay off. So um, I was saying I don't let his bench right now, but I think um, going forward and for the long run, he might be okay. Yeah, not only his handcuffs, but just as solid backups, you could play in flex positions. Ramondre Stevenson, Jamal Williams, like we talked about earlier, this team, their depth was definitely addressed in that three-for-two trade. Uh, and it looks like it's going to go into form. And obviously he's getting Hopkins back uh, in – three or four weeks from now. So we'll see how it shapes out. Here's my pick. Okay. I've picked the fighter town Mavericks the last two weeks, and I've picked against the Lexington mob the last two weeks. I want to mix things up and I'm going to pick the Lexington mob this week to beat the fighter town Mavericks going up against you, Chaz. So we'll see uh, how this one shapes out. And that is going to lead us into the 2022 week three game of the week we have two undefeated juggernauts going up against each other with davis church's king of the north sitting at two and zero versus number one in standings will hickson's title town kurds i love a good matchup of undefeateds there's not many left in the nfl right now we've got several left in our fantasy league talk to me a little bit about this matchup what of these teams do you like so I like both of them a lot. I think just from the the stats for the first two week, 
first two weeks, both of these teams, all, every player in their starting lineup right now um, is averaging over 10 points, except I think maybe um, one of the Kings. So they're, they're all putting up points. Um, th- this is kind of one of those matchups where, you know, one or two players that you put in there, maybe on your bench or that you slide in there last minute will make or break which team wins this week. I think they're so evenly matched. Um, Tattletown Cheese Curds, I think last week he had three players that put up 30 points, I believe. I mean, Lamar Jackson went crazy. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins, um, Chris Olave. Tell me one name I just mentioned that you're not super excited to have, would be super excited to have on your team. Um, I think his team's stellar. Um, they're getting their, they're getting the ball. They're the number one target on their team. Um, and I just, I, I think that's enough said about Will Hickson's team. I'm taking Will Hickson's team. Um, but what do you think about King of the North real quick before? Well, Dave, this week he gets back Keenan Allen after sitting out last week's Thursday night matchup. Um, on top of that, he's got to hope for a better performance out of Jonathan Taylor. I think you're going to see a good bounce back week as he's matched up against Kansas City. Um, he only dropped seven points last week against the Jaguars. We know the Colts have notoriously struggled against the Jaguars in that division matchup. Uh, and then lastly, I love the quarterback. I mean, we talked, I talked about Jalen Hurts and his rushing ability earlier. Um, one of the most electric dynamite players at the helm, but he pales in comparison to the other side of the ball and Lamar. I mean, Lamar just had an absolutely incredible game back on his MVP race. Um, Will's got the number one team in the league. Like we said, almost dropped 200 points in a 12 team league, which is unheard of. Um, He's sitting on his squad. He likes his guys, keeping things steady and consistent. But I continue to have some concerns for these RBs. Uh, Will, if you need an RB, come talk trades with me. We'll see if we can work something out. I like both these teams a lot. Uh, but the team that I'm going to have going 3-0, and I'm going against you again. I'm going with Davis and King of the North to go 3-0 and to start the season. Yeah, and I just want to say uh, I think you're making a huge mistake. Granted, we talked up ranch waters team a lot this week i think even if you put them next to each other i think title town team this week weighs his out um by far but just for just for the king because i know he likes to hear me talk uh, i'm going to say a few great things about your team jalen hurts dallas goddard having them as a final game of the week um last week had to be exciting and kind of knowing in the back of your head that they're going to do well um but like you said yeah keenan allen wasn't on his team or wasn't um starting last week so that kind of put him down a few points where it made the last games really count. Whereas this week, um, as much as I like title town, anything could really happen. I do like um, the Kings team, but I think um, title town wins pretty handily. All right. We'll see how this weekend shapes out. Let's move on into the toilet bowl alert. All right, Chaz, we have identified two teams that we think are in a tough spot, right? We do this every year, week after week. We have the toilet bowl competition that coincides, takes place at the same time that the playoffs do. Um, so we're a little ways out, might be a little premature here, but what are some teams that are, you know, maybe a red flag, maybe a little concerning, um, something that is not great we've seen through these first two weeks. I'll let you kick us off and then I'll mention my team to end us out. Yeah, so I, I'm not, this isn't my pick. Um, these are just uh, – I'm going to make my pick here shortly, but these are just a few teams that I, um, I'm a little worried about. 
No brainer. The bottom two at the list here um, are Viva La Tejas and Hot Tub Time Machine. You've had two awful weeks. Your teams are kind of beat up. Um, your matchups have been pretty bad. I will say regarding your team, though, I've seen you at the bottom before, and I know you can make your way up. Louisville, Hot Tub Time Machine, I don't know what he's made of, so um, these next two weeks will be big, and I'm curious to see how that goes. And then one team that – I don't know what it is. It's just he's got the worst luck. He's always got a pretty good team. It's either injuries or I don't know who he's going up against, the matchups, his teams that week. But VC Stingrays, I think the universe has something against you doing well in fantasy. Um, so I think you just need to maybe uh, light some incense in your apartment. You know, maybe you should just stop being a Tennessee fan. Maybe that's your issue. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall um, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it out of there. Um, but before I make my pick, Trent, I want to know what you think and who your pick is this week. Yeah, I think you touched on all the teams without a win. Uh, most notably, sitting at bottom of standings, we have my team. That's my pick for Toilet Bowl Alert. Trying to use a little reverse psychology here, you know, put a, a fire underneath my guys. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I'll be back on top before long. But for now, I'm putting Viva La Tejas on Toilet Bowl Alert. Chaz, give me your pick. Not a shocking surprise for you. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty obvious with everything I've gone over um, this week and kind of my breakdown of teams I'm kind of worried about. This week for Toilet Bowl Alert, I am putting Don Patrol. I just something about him sitting 2-0. Uh, I don't like his bench. I think he's gotten a little cocky, too big for his boots. And I think he's going to have a downward trajectory here um, pretty quick. Um, I just don't like his matchup this week, even though he's going up against you. So um, he might start 3-0, but I'm putting Don Patrol on Toilet Bowl Alert. All right. You heard it here first. We've gotten the Toilet Bowl Alerts. You've gotten the commissioner's picks. We've broken it all down. A longer episode. Enjoy football tonight, guys, and best of luck going into these weekend matchups. I walk to San Francisco.